you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, episode number six. So the big question is this, how do parents like us know that we aren't messing up the biggest role of our lives, especially when we happen to have a strong-willed child that's constantly pushing our buttons? We've all heard that kids don't come with a manual. So how can we know for sure that we're saying the right things or that we're getting this parenting thing right? Well, on this podcast for parents of toddlers to teens, we'll be giving you real tools you can use right away so that your kids will feel like they can talk to you about absolutely anything and everything. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast, where we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. Well, hi, guys. It is Randy, and welcome to episode number six, Why Time Out is Bogus, and I'm going to attempt to record a very short podcast because I have to pick up my little boy from school a bit early today. They had a field trip to a rock climbing place and uh, I have to be there in 45 minutes. So I'm going to make this a quickie, hopefully. So I know lots of you are using timeout and you might be tuning in because you're like, what do you mean it's bogus? It's better than spanking. And yeah, I get it. It is better than spanking. It's totally more civilized and it's a replacement for spanking. But I want to read to you guys a couple of things about timeout. So according to Wikipedia, which we know is the gospel, not, but but I liked their definition. It said timeout, also known as social exclusion, is a form of behavior modification that involves temporarily separating a person from an environment where unacceptable behavior has occurred. Social exclusion. Like, do we really want to do that? Social exclusion for our kids? And then I was reading an article in Psychology Today, which was which is titled "Why Timeout Needs Why Timeouts Need a Timeout," and this psychologist goes on to talk about how it was originally intended to be this nonviolent disciplinary tool, right, to replace spanking for undesirable behaviors, and that ultimately it was really about giving the parent a timeout. And so that so that we didn't yell or use physical pun- punishment or verbal aggression, and that it was meant to be a time for our child to calm down, link his or her behavior to the wrongdoing, and change it. 
And I, there was a part that I wanted to read to you guys that said, psychologically, children may respond just as poorly to a timeout as they would to physical punishment. Social isolation and rejection, as with physical punishment, are experienced as shame. Shaming experiences lead children or adults to believe their entire self is bad rather than just their behavior, even when a parent differentiates the child as a person from the child's actions. In order for the child to cope with shame, he or she will typically respond by attacking oneself, attacking others, withdrawal, or avoidance. Yeah, you guys, timeout is not the way. That's It's not the way we are going to be changing the conversations in our home. It's not the way that we're actually going to be able to teach our kids anything. Um, it's not effective because kids live in the present moment. So the whole idea that they're going to think about what they've done wrong and then come back and learn something from it, it's ineffective. It's not productive. It it literally does more harm than good. And although I do, I will acknowledge it, it's an improvement from physical punishment. You know, emotional and psychological shaming techniques like this and social exclusion, like that's pretty painful too. And so it's like a slight improvement. And so we want to stop using timeout. So you may say, well, what's wrong with punishment? And maybe you haven't listened to some of the last four or five episodes, but I think I've proven a pretty good argument as to why punishment is not the way to go. It's never going to be productive. It's never going to be the way that we're going to teach our kids something productive and effective. And so you might even be saying, well, I grew up with the punishment model. What's wrong with it? I learned right from wrong. And you may have convinced yourself that it worked well for you. And so if you have done that, then I think you're quite the salesperson and, um, I'd like to know if you'd like a job because I could use some salespeople working for me. Um, but if you really go back in time and you really remember what it was like when you got punished, what you're going to remember is that all kids hate their parents when they get punished. It is literally the opposite of what we want to create as a family. We hated it as kids. And so it doesn't make sense to repeat something that we hated just because we go on autopilot and we can't think of what else there is to do. There are other tools. I'm going to talk about one of the other tools that I use briefly, but um, I just want to kind of point out the obvious that when we repeat things that never worked in the first place is literally like the definition of insanity, repeating the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So I talk to parents all the time. And the thing is, is that nobody wants to yell at their kids. Nobody even wants to admit it. And we want them to lean on us. We want to feel like a team. And we also want them to know appropriate behavior. And we want to know that we're not powerless when they act out in ways that, that we know 
should result in some form of a consequence or some form of a method that's going to teach them how to learn from this experience and behave differently in the future. That is really the point. Punishment is really just kind of an eye for an eye and you're taking away freedom to uh, to make someone pay for their wrongdoing. But when it comes to our kids acting out, I'm going to say Dr. Ross Green's line again, kids do well if they can. So when a kid's acting out, there's something else going on that we got to get curious and investigate. And when we just, you know, smack down a punishment on them, all they do is learn not to trust us and not to help them with whatever's going on with them in the first place. So it really causes this sense of divisiveness and ultimately secrecy. Because when we punish our kids by doing things like shaming them and uh, and and you know punishing them and what is it social excluding them socially excluding them from our family, the place that they're supposed to be able to feel safe. We literally teach them that the world is not safe, that they can't even count on the people that they're supposed to trust the most. And what it causes them to do, like like some of you may be saying, but when I put my kid in a timeout and then I say, now what did you do wrong? And, I, and they tell me what they did wrong and then they apologize. It seems to be working. And what I would like to offer you is that all you've taught your kids to do is basically to lie to you because... Kids under the age of 12 don't change their future behavior based on punishment. They don't. They live in the present moment. They do not change their future behavior based on punishment. So when they're acting like they got the lesson in those moments, they're not. They're sitting there. They're plotting their revenge. If they got put into timeout because they were violent with a sibling, they're sitting there thinking about how that sibling was acting like a baby and got them in trouble and they can't wait till your back is turned so that they can take out and seek revenge on that sibling. That's why when you use think punishing methods like spanking or timeout, ultimately you're just going to get more of the exact behavior that you're trying to get rid of. That's the deal. Punishment and timeout is divisive and accomplishes the opposite of what we want to do. And they really are only capable of reflecting on this present moment. Or if they're in a calm, centered space and you have a productive conversation where you're really being a curious investigator and trying to get underneath whatever the big feeling was that caused them to act out, well, then they can actually learn something. Then they can actually hear you. They're in their prefrontal lobe. They're, they're able to do all of that executive functioning where they can problem solve and think clearly. But when you're trying to talk about things, when you're in a place of punishing this child and they're sitting there and they've had their freedom taken away from them and, they, and there's this social exclusion going on, I promise you they are not in that executive problem-solving mode. They're in their emotional centers of their brain and all they're doing at that moment is thinking of ways that they're going to get back at whoever took their freedom away. I know you guys want a prescribed formula. And I wish that I have one, 
I do have tools that help. I do have this method of having a productive conversation, of investigating, of getting curious, of always infusing empathy. That's really honestly the way we teach our kids how to change their future behavior. And unfortunately, you know, the thing is, is that we're people, we're not robots. So the whole prescribed formula, do this one, two, three tool, it's never going to work. It doesn't work. We are humans. And so having productive conversations allows you to find the answers with your kids, allows you to set those boundaries and those parameters of acceptable behaviors and to do that thing that I, I talked about in a few a few episodes ago about parenting is adopting a set of rules, repeating them often, and following through consistently. Like when you have these productive conversations and your kid feels empathized with and now they're in that executive part of their brain, well, that's when you're like, and remember, here's the rule. We put a hard stop to any violence. You know, it's part of our family manifesto. It's posted in the kitchen. We had a whole family meeting about it. There is absolutely no violence used in this family. Not That means violent words or violent actions towards anyone in this household. It's a non-negotiable. So when you show up in those violent ways, this is the course of action that will always happen. And and so when you when you repeat that and repeat that and repeat that and constantly tell them we are a team we have to be able to rely on each other this has to be a safe zone for everyone so it's not okay it's okay for you to have big feelings it's not okay to take those big feelings out on the other members of this family or frankly on anyone so you know and so you have those opportunities to state those parameters and repeat those rules and follow through consistently and you can have consequences which are logical and related you know you have a kid that's i had a parent who wrote to me this morning to give me an update about what's going on with her child and she said um i'm looking for a consequence and the consequence she came up with was not logical or related it was like if her child continues to act out violently um, she was going to take away her time to play with her shopkins and I said actually I don't think that's logical or related but what would be logical and related is your body is out of control and what that tells me is that you need more sleep. So tonight, you will be going to sleep 30 minutes earlier. And what that looks like is that there's not going to be time for books. Unless you want to go and start getting ready way ahead of time and make sure that you have time for books, I'm just telling you right now, there will not be time for books. That's what's going to happen tonight. So there will not be any talking about this. This is not up for discussion. You have to have extra sleep because these violent outbursts they're against our family code and and it's it's not optional we're going to get your body the sleep that it needs because i love you too much not to and this family is a team and i know when you're behaving that way it just means that your body needs more rest because you're definitely feeling out of control we want to see our kids perspectives constantly Remember, when they're, walk, when they're acting out, they're having some kind of big emotion inside and they don't know a productive way to, to you know, release it. And so they say unkind things or they fight with people or they do things, they break the rules. 
Um, they're not being cooperative. They're not getting with the program. And so we have to walk in their shoes and model empathy and really get underneath what's going on by seeing their perspective so that we can actually attack the problem in a productive way. And when we do it, that's what we model. We model seeing other people's perspectives, which actually doesn't come naturally for kids. Kids are naturally egocentric until they're about 12 or so. So when we constantly show up from a place of seeing their perspective, walking in their shoes, attacking the problem in that way, then we teach them perspective taking at a much younger age than, they, than the typical kid typically gets it. So I hope you're not feeling annoyed with me, but you, if you are feeling annoyed with me, I totally get it. And I am also an instant gratification junkie, and I know you want me just to tell you exactly what to do, right? And so you may have tried like the counting thing, and maybe that worked for like a week, or you might have tried like the sticker chart, and that worked for maybe two weeks until it needed to like, it kept like the prizes kept increasing and increasing and increasing. Um, and that's the thing is that all of that, that whole rewards punishment model, it's a band aid approach. It will sometimes work in the short term. Very quickly, your kids catch on, and it's not a long-term solution like having these productive conversations are. The alternative to timeout that I teach is something I call the calm-down corner. And it's instead of timeout, right, it's using effective praise in, in, instead of sticker charts. And what we teach our kids to do, and I have a whole like long method for teaching this so that people really understand it. But the point is the difference with the calm down corner is, is we're basically teaching our kids when they're feeling out of control, they have access to this awesome thing called the breath. And we're really teaching them how to take deep breaths and calm themselves down. We separate them right? We do separate them and we teach and we teach them. We can't understand when they're whining. We can't understand when they're yelling at us. It's not okay to have those behaviors out in the common areas of the home. We have a spot that maybe it's in their room, maybe it's a little tent somewhere kind of off the beaten path. In that spot, in that calm down corner, you're going to have things that your child actually chooses at a non-relevant time. And it's their safe zone. It's where they get to go to get themselves calm. So they can they can breathe. You can have like some lavender smelling things. They can have those squishy ball things. They can have a special stuffed animal. They can have books there. I actually told the client who called me or who emailed me about um, trying to take away the Shopkins. I said, I think part of her calm down corner should be playing with her Shopkins because obviously that calms her down. The point of the calm down corner is that it's not punishment. It's a place that we send our kids to get their bodies calm because the message over and over again is calm people solve problems, right? Calm people solve problems. And as soon as you're calm, this is how it really, really differs from the, from timeout. As soon as you're calm, you come back out and find me because we can talk about anything when we're calm. That's what we do. We're, we're civilized human beings who talk about things, problems come up in our day, and we can talk about absolutely anything when we're calm. But when we're whining, when we're yelling, when things are out of control, nothing, nothing good's going to come from that. So we're going to wait till we're calm. 
We're going to table things when when emotions are heated there, and we're going to table it, and we're going to come back together when we're calm, and we're going to talk about it. So when you have a kid that's out of control, you they know because you've established this calm down corner at a non-relevant time, and it's their safe place where they get to go and do whatever it is that they need to do to, you know, get to a calm place. And we teach, when they're little, it's really fun because there's all these different ways to teach, fun ways to practice the breath, blowing out the flower, sniffing the flower. There's something I teach called the drain um, or blowing up the red hot air balloon where they do a little visualization. And when you first start teaching it to them, you, you model it for them. And as humans, we all have these things called mirror neurons. So it's kind of like, you know how when somebody yawns, you can't help but yawn too? Well, that's the same way. So when you have a two-year-old that's super out of control and you're saying, I can't understand you. When you match my voice, I'll be able to understand you. And you're looking at them dead on and you're doing these really exaggerated breaths as well as modeling this exaggerated breath anytime you're on the verge of yelling. This is really, you guys, where I started. Anytime I felt like I was about to lose it, I would take these deep, audible breaths to the point that my kids even kind of like connected me taking deep, audible breaths with somebody like me being upset with someone. They would be like, what's wrong? Did I do something? You know, just because I was taking a deep breath and I'm like, no, everything's fine. I was thinking about something else that was stressing me out. But that's a great place for you to start is when you're on the verge of losing it, doing these really exaggerated, deep, audible breaths. If your kids are a little older, they'll be like, what is wrong with you and why are you acting so weird? But it's better than yelling, so whatever. Uh, But modeling that for your kids and then teaching them when they go to their calm down spot and they're two, you can do these deep audible breaths. You can look at them. Their mirror neurons will kick in and they won't be able to help but to, but, but to copy that same breath. And I have so much evidence that this works. It's, it it works in my life. Uh, my son, who's now 12, my youngest, when he was two, he went through a phase where like every night he would get sent away from the dinner table because he would have some kind of behavior. I think he just like was done at the end of the day and it was very exciting for him to get everyone back together and he didn't want to eat because we all know what two-year-olds do. Like they all of a sudden lose their appetites, but he was just like done eating for the day. And so he would always have some kind of behavior, not always, but this went on for several months where he was really disruptive to the family meal. And so I would send him away to his calm down spot which he chose our dog bed, which was like in the next room that had all these stuffed animals that our dog had stolen from everyone. And, um, and he would go and, and, and I would see him over there, his little two-year-old self, and he'd be like, <sighs> real exaggerated. And then he would yell, I'm calm, mommy. And I would say, not yet. You see, I, when your voice matches mine, I, I'll know that you're calm. You don't sound calm yet. And then a couple moments later, he'd be like, I'm calm, mommy. And I'd go over to him and I'd say, the first thing you say, this is the effective praise part. Look at you. You calmed yourself down. Way to go. That can be really hard to do. Are you ready to come back to the table? Not let's talk about appropriate dinner behavior in that moment. That's not when you're going to talk about that. You're just going to use effective praise And you're going to ask them if they're ready to come and be a civilized person, basically, and rejoin the family. And so that's how they learn 
that whenever they're acting like that and they're being super disruptive or not cooperative or showing some kind of out of control behavior, either through their words or through their actions, then they need to go away, get themselves to a calm, civilized place and come back. And when you start this with your kids when they're really little, like at two, it's awesome because they get with the program really quickly. And by the time they're three, four, and five, like they already know it. It's already been established. So that's the calm down corner. That's what I teach as an alternative to timeout. Any version of that is better. And really just having these productive conversations and speaking about what's going on, investigating, getting curious, getting underneath the behavior rather than just attacking it. This is the way we really teach our kids how to alter their future behavior. So hope that was helpful. I got to go get my kid from school and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. At Mastermind Parenting, we believe when your thoughts grow, the conversations in your home flow. And if this sounds like something you want to learn more about, then I have a gift for you. You can grab a copy of my best-selling book, The Parent Gap. It's my signature recipe for raising confident and kind kids, even if you have a strong-willed one. So go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash book to get your free copy mailed directly to your doorstep.